welcome to Love in the Air, the podcast that serves up all things tennis. Whether you're a fan of the sport, a seasoned player, or a beginner just starting out, this podcast is just for you. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the game, from techniques and strategy to the latest news and trends. With expert guests, exciting interviews, and lively discussions, we'll keep you on the edge of your seat and help you take the tennis game to the next level. So grab your racket, tune in, and get ready for some ace content. This is Love in the Air, a tennis podcast. The evidence is in. Exercise your brain for mental fitness. It is the one and only way to go. So I'm going to start the podcast with the questions that are asked to me that I believe are the most important. I was recently reviewing the updated website of TennisHealth.com, and I was fascinated to read how playing tennis affects the brain. To me, this is yet another incredible reason to get people to our facilities, meaning to the tennis courts, to enjoy the game. I too was fascinated by what the scientific community is discovering about the effects of exercise, interval training, and in some specific cases, tennis on the brain. As I developed my answer to the question, it soon became very clear to me that I will need to really give all my energy that deserves because this is a very critical part of tennis. I was concerned myself with the exercise in general and then I will actually introduce you some some tennis specific research. While my answer is going to deal solely with research observations on why tennis is the best activity in the world for young and old alike. Let me begin my answer with a news conference quote from someone named Arthur Kramer, who is a neuroscientist at the University of Illinois and an author of a review from the Association of Psychology Science published back in 2009. There is enough evidence to launch a public policy campaign that includes an endorsement of exercise to improve brain function. That is the actual quote. The obvious next question is why? And then I'll begin the discussion on why tennis. The why tennis portion will be concluded at the end of the podcast, so I want you to pay very close attention. First, a human being is designed to move, not to be sedentary. According to John Medina in his book, Brain Rules, this was back in 2009, the human brain evolved under conditions of almost constant motion. He reported on the study citing two elderly populations who led different lifestyles, one sedentary and the other one active. It was observed that the exercise positively affected executed skills, spatical task, reaction times, and quantitative skills. Thus, rule number one in the book out of the 12 rules is that exercise boosts brain power. Specifically, he cited two reasons for improved cognition through exercise. Let me give you the first one. Exercise increases oxygen flow to the brain, which reduces brain-bound free radicals. One of the most interesting findings of the past few decades is that increased power and increase in oxygen is always accompanied by the uptake in mental sharpness. Number two, exercise acts directly on the molecular machinery of the brain itself. It increases neurons creation survival and resistance to damage and stress. In early 2008, the Cochrane Library published a survey of research that determined that aerobic exercise improves many forms of cognitive function, such as an auditory and visual attention, motor function, cognitive speed, and memory. 
to truly understand the mechanisms behind this, you will have to bear with me. And I will discuss what the neuroscientists are saying. And the observations begin with animals. An article in the U.S. News and the World Report back in 2008, after doing my research, reported that rodents determined that running led to an increase in brain cells, specifically on the hippocampus, a part of the brain that is concerned with learning and memory. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tennis players are not rodents, right? Please bear with me just a moment as following the work directly relates to the previous study, but does involve people. Arthur Kramer and Kirk Erickson from the University of Pittsburgh researching this, and when they conducted a study of 165 adults to measure the hippocampus, Kramer said the higher fit people have a higher hippocampus, and that the people who have more tissue on the hippocampus have a better spatial memory. In the article and in the journal Cerebral Cortex, published back in 2008, the authors observe many chemical changes that occur in athletes while running, endorphins being one of them. Now, we all know about endorphins or the natural high that one gets after a great workout, but there is much more much more, John Raddy from Harvard, and he was a psychiatrist and an author of a book called Spark, and himself an avid tennis player, he quoted by saying the following, endorphins are not only change occurring, so is neophrine, serotonin, dopamine, and brain-derived neurotic factors, which is called the BDNF. I am not trying to wow you with this information, but what I'm trying to explain to you that those big words mean nothing except that is leaving a trail to exactly understand how important this is. BDNF is a very important growth factor in the brain. Some authors have actually said that it provides almost a fertilizer-like growth effect on the specific neurons of the brain while keeping existing neurons healthy, which is like a great attribute for those of us who might want to get older and actually finer with life like wine. Other researchers finding that aerobic exercise included increased blood flow to the brain, supposed to reduce free radicals, as well as many other growth factors, which is the FGF2, if you want to look it up, and the molecules nitric oxide, all of which support the brain growth and the resilience. What now? What does that really mean to you? For one, at the absolute elementary level, one study observed that inactive individuals are two times as likely to develop mental disabilities compared to active individuals. But there continues to be much more than this for you and I as the USPTA professionals and teachers and players of tennis, and a lot has to do with the intensity of the exercise. John Raddy, he said that there might be more benefits of interval training, short bursts, and intense activity followed by brief rest periods. Sounds like a game of tennis, right? It has actually been shown that the intense exercise enables the brain to produce more than the above-mentioned growth factors. According to Raddy, when I read the research, when you exercise more intensely, your brain produces growth hormone that cuts belly fat, increases muscle, pumps up the brain volume, and it also produces more nitric oxide. So think about this. That is really steady training, right? Then Raddy referring to the direct to tennis. This was back in 
February 19 of 2008, in the issue of the USA Today said, I recommend people work out five to six days a week. A heart-thumping game of tennis can keep the brain in top shape. Now, let's even look at the mental exercise of anticipating a tennis movement. In a 2007 issue of the International Journal of Psychology, Wright and Jackson study adult novice tennis players using magnetic resonance imaging to see how they anticipated the direction of a player's serve. Now, this done while watching the video, numerous regions of the brain were activated in detecting a stimuli on the server's motion and the ball flight. If you combine this information with the fact that the new cells are seen in the brain with exercise, it begins to become more obvious how powerful tennis can be in helping the brain grow and also keeping it healthy. And consider that in February 2008, Cerebral Cortex reported that expert tennis players experience increased corticospinal facilitation, increasing nervous system activity when mentally practicing a tennis stroke. This is what not seen by the regular naked eye when practicing a golf swing or a table or a tennis stroke is going to give you much more than you ask for. It is one of the most amazing things you can do in your life. So to close this podcast, let me describe a research study that sounds like an episode of an award-winning TV show, House, where Dr. House always seemed to solve an unsolvable medical condition. In February of this year, an article was published in The Guardian out of the United Kingdom reporting one case study research on brain injury patients. The article was entitled Think Tennis, for yes, home for no. How doctors help the man in vegetative state. A 29-year-old man had lain in the hospital bed for seven years, showing no signs of consciousness. Using a high-tech scanner, his doctors managed to read his thoughts, but the physicians had come up with a unique way of getting the response. When asked a yes or no question, he was instructed that a yes, an answer, and it was to think of playing tennis, a motor activity that activates a certain part of the brain. How amazing that. A no answer would be indicated if he thought about wandering from one room to another in his house. An interesting aside to this is that wandering from room to room, still a motor activity, but not as active, and not as active as playing tennis. His doctors were amazed when the patient gave a series of correct responses about his family. To quote directly, not only did the scans tell us that the patient was not in a vegetative state, but more importantly, for the first time in five years, he provided the patient with a way of communicating his thoughts to the outside world. Now, in the next episode, the effects of the exercise of the brain I'm going to cover, and I will detail and plethora the research that specifically examines the green game of tennis, and is going to demonstrate that. So, across the age continuum, tennis excels as the best activity in the world that you could ever do if you want to live a long and prosperous life. I'll see you in the next podcast. Go into the tennis court and ace your game. Music